Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you. We bless your name, Jesus. You're so wonderful. God, I pray today, God, that there would be just a release of your spirit. Lord, the word would be powerful, God. You're so beautiful. You're excellent in all your ways, King Jesus. I bless you. I bless your name, God. Let us have eyes to see and ears to hear, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. I mean, can we give the Lord just a hand clap real quick? Just one big one. God, we love you, Jesus. We love you so much. I love you, Jesus. Amen. This morning, I've been, um, even during worship, the Lord's been kind of moving on my spirit. And uh, I'm really, really happy that my nephew got to come this morning and worship. Uh, But it literally grips me. Because we are in an important hour. That if we don't grab hold of this generation, that we realize that 50 million of those have been aborted. And I pray that we can grab hold and burn for something that is much bigger than we are and run with the power of God and see things changed. And it gripped me bad this morning that I could, I want to see that generation worship God with everything they've got because Satan is trying to take them. Y'all think it's crazy? It's just the world. No, it's not just the world. The enemy is after our children. God, it's become more and more real to me that I'm having a baby, guys. That that could be one more that hasn't had the chance to live out the life that God ordained it to live. Guys, we've got to be radical for what God's called us to do and not be passive and prepare uh, uh, for our own pace and prepare our own homes to burn for a generation. That's what the fire on the altar is today, guys. That we burn for something more than just what we can see in our front two eyes and what we see in our own home. But guys, what about you have a daughter? You've got to burn for her husband. And you've got to burn for her husband's friends. Because this is so much greater than what we actually can fathom, guys. That God is calling us to raise up a generation that burns because we burned. That knows God because we wouldn't let them forget what God did. That's what God told them. He said, don't forget and don't stop telling them what I did for you. So that they will believe and I'll do what I plan to do in their lives too. Y'all think I'm crazy, guys. Planned Parenthood has, has a plan to kill African Americans and, uh, and, and, and Hispanics. You think I'm crazy? They have set up their places in, in large populations because I believe God has specific and awesome plans for these people. You say, no, this is just a business. No, guys. God, Satan is, is, is using this to destroy this generation because I believe he senses something. He knows something is fixing to release from this generation, guys, from us. We're in the greatest hour of the church, I believe, but it has got to be one of the greatest turnarounds the church has ever done. We have seen from the beginning of Acts all the way to the early church until today that our churches are awesome and big, but our problems are big. They're huge. And we're seeing things bigger than they ever have before, but our churches are bigger. It's not the problem that, 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 that the people that are in charge of the problem. I believe that if people would be not so passive with running after truth, we wouldn't miss the mark and go after this thing and say, you know what? I'm going to ask you to pick it. I'm going to ask you to scream and holler. I'm going to ask you to get on your face and listen to God and, and, and obey according to what you hear. And I believe that when, when it, it Leviticus 6.13, I'll quote it for you. If you want to look it up, you can. I promise. I'm, I'm telling the truth. It says, let the fire on the altar never go out. Is it up there? 
The fire on the altar never go out. God ordained that flame. And when they built the temple, the fire of God fell from on high and fell on top of the altar. And he started it. He initiated it because a people had prepared a place for his presence. And I believe that one of the mistakes that we've taken on is the fact that we have not prepared a place for the presence of God. Whether it be in the four walls of the church or in our hearts. So God's saying, where is my place that I can rest? Where can I come and abode and become commune with these people? I want it. God wants it. He wants us to be one with him again. And the only way we're going to get it is if we say, God, come, let us prepare a place and burn among us. Guys, I'm telling you, you think I'm crazy. My message was not about abortion, but I feel like that God's burning in me that if we don't do something now as the body of Christ, and if we don't burn for the next generation, then guess what happens? It gets worse. And it's not good right now. 50% of the evangelical church, their marriages have ended in divorce. Do you realize that my generation is, is, they're even bringing it down. Like It's like 4 to 1% actually believe in the Word, and it's less than actually believe it and, and, and walk in it. And so what I see is this, is it doesn't take majority, it just takes real people to stand up with a real God and walk with Him. But this is what he's asking us in Hebrews, the 12th chapter. And I'll read it for you if you want me to. I use scripture and I promise you it's real, even though sometimes I don't read it all the time. Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Do I have it up there? Verse 25. So that you do not refuse him who speaks, for if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. He's talking about the children of Israel. In their 40 years, before they went into the 40 years, God literally spoke and they did not know God so it put this fear, an ungodly fear. And they said, don't let him talk to us again. You do it for us. So what happened was they said, we'll follow you. We'll serve God because of you, but don't ever ask us to do that again. Because there's something in his voice that required something from me. There's something in his voice that shook every fiber of my being and made me feel something I never want to feel again. And Moses said, okay, guys, I've seen him face to face. I'll do it. You're crazy. You know? Being with God is one of the most glorious, awesome things. And then, then, but when he starts speaking to us and we got to change some things, we're like, oh, Lord, that is not what I expected. You know, we're talking about rainbows and butterflies and let's just let's just fall out and and get you know it's like uh, let's just have the drug effect you know god let's let's not have the discipline part you know but but god is god is if if you want more of of the wonderfulness we're going to get more and be in your life and discipline and make you who you're supposed to be it the reason why the enemy wants to destroy this generation is because god has planned something far greater than what we could ever expect Guys, I believe that we're not just going to have big churches, but we're going to have people who are filled with the power of God that are raising the dead and casting out demons and healing the sick, but not because we teach it well, but because we've got on our face and found the one who does it for real. You can't follow me and go raise the dead. But I can at least tell you how to get in touch with the one who actually does the raising. 
And so there's fire that God sends, and it's fire that we need. I think, uh, uh, what's his name, if y'all know it? Uh, Salvation Army guy, he started. Does anybody know it? His name? Oh, well, it'd be all right. Y'all can look it up. But he says, he, says, he says, God, send the fire today. Fire we need and fire we must have. You know, he, was, he catched on to some. He caught something because they saw one of the greatest cultural shifts through the Salvation Army. And if you ever read their creed and read that song, you'd realize they weren't doing what they were doing today. And there's some great, awesome things they're doing. But we cannot just do uh, these monetary things and bless people without pouring the power of God into their life. So we can go out, and, and, and I think it's awesome, and I think we should do it. We should do things like feeding the hungry. And, 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 and like we did one time, putting gas in people's cars. Because that is not the finality of what God wants to do. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning, us getting out there and getting in the, in the face of people and just releasing what's inside of us. We would be much more effective if we didn't preach to people, but just let the Spirit of God come out of us. I'm not telling you don't, don't witness, because I think it's awesome to witness. Because if we would witness based on the unction of the Holy Spirit, rather than the demand of religion, we might see some things change. That, if, that if, if God sends fire, we start burning differently and we start doing things differently, not because we have to, but because there's something inside of us that says, if you don't do this, something bad's going to happen. You know, you're just saying, I can't hold it in. And that's what God's calling us, just to be people that says, God, I can't hold it in. He told Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of their faces. You, you speak what's in you. You know why? Because fire from heaven had fell, it fell on Jeremiah and he was filled up. He said, there's like fire shut up my bones. I can't keep these words in. And so the fire that fell on the altar is the same fire that God still sends. And in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, and we'll read it in just a second, it says, our God is an all-consuming fire. So the nature of God is not to take us and do something halfway. The nature of God is to consume. And so we sit here and we try to have relationship with God and say, I'm going to give you half of me. And we're always irritated. We're always angry. We're always on a roller coaster because the nature of God, so you can have all of him, is to give all of yourself. It says that he's a father and he doesn't want to withhold any good and perfect gift from us. He wants to lavish us with his love and his gifts. But his nature is, I've got to have it all. He's jealous, guys, and I believe the flame that he sent is the same jealous flame that burns in his eyes. That he's jealous for us. And I believe that he burns for every single child that has been aborted. And he burns for every, husband, every man that paid for it. And he burns for every girl that had it. He wants to restore and to heal and to bring your testimony as a powerful, powerful tool against the enemy. Guys, I am not up here saying if, if anybody who's had an abortion... Guys, I know people who have. I know people who have. But they have repented and said, God, if you can use what I did as a testimony to change people's lives, then that, God, is what I'll give you. I'm telling you, I believe. I believe it says uh, Colossians, the fifth chapter, talks about how that, that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That the reason is, the reason why, if you did that and he's healed you and restored you, he's given you a prophetic mission to release your testimony into young girls' lives and young men's lives to restore them and to heal them and see freedom come into their life. That's the message of the gospel, guys. Not to just, not to wake up one day and say, man, I haven't done anything wrong, I'm saved. It's a wake up when Jesus comes and reveals himself to say, I'm a mess, but you're bigger than that. 
You know, that's glorious, guys. That's glorious that I can look back and stand here and know that I was, I was contemplating suicide years ago, but now I'm filled with joy, married and having a kid, not because what I did, but because His grace. And that's God. That's God. Man, Psalms talks about how the, that His thoughts over us are good, and they're greater than the sand on the seashores. And he's, do you know He sings over us? And he's not some God that sits up there with a scepter saying, I'm going to kill them whenever I get a chance. I'm going to set the earth on fire and burn everybody up because I hate them. That's not God. That's not God. His mercy is new every day. But friends, his love causes and pushes him to bring judgment. It's not he's sitting there saying, man, they're stupid. I'm going to get them. You know, he's here saying, I love them so much. I have to change this. And so I believe this, man, and I haven't been able to talk to my brother and, and sister-in-law, but, but Noah is one of the most powerful stories that we need to look at in the end times. Because as in the days of Noah, so it shall be in the coming of the Son of Man. Is that what we don't understand is this, is that Noah lived such a life that he looked at people and said, I'm doing it so you have no excuse. You know, everybody else is living bad, but no, 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 I'm not, and you have no excuse because God is able. We believe, man, that that blows my mind, guys. God raised up an entire generation through him. And what happened was so awesome to this. If you'll burn and you get this fire, guess what happens? You can live such a life that your life saves your family. You see that? Noah, who lived? Noah and his family. And so what happens is when we get set on fire and the unction of God gets in us and we stop just living it here but carrying it into our lives, into our homes where people can't see, integrity is what we need. That's what the fire of God produces, integrity. Friends, I'm going to tell you something. It's, it's not me that found God, you know? I love it. Have y'all ever watched Amazing Grace, the movie? He's sitting there and he said, he said God found me. Sometimes we're not looking for him. But we got to have him. And he shows up and finds us. And so I believe that, guys. I was lost and dying and going to hell, but everyone thought I was saved. But I went and I found, I found God, but in reality, he found me. And that's the grace of God. He actually finds us in our place and says, I sent Jesus, my son, for you. Because even though you didn't love me, and even though you were still in sin, I still sent my son. I still sent the fire of God. I still sent the spirit of the Lord to save you and to change you because I loved you first. So anyways, Hebrews, the 24th chapter. Can we go to the next verse? I'm jumping around. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. Next one, please. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as the things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. So what he's saying here is this, is that if you won't refuse the voice of God and allow him to eradicate everything in your life that's not of him, everything about you cannot be shaken and destroyed because everything about you is about God. And so we're taking this thing, we're saying, God, I want you, and I need you, but only fix my problem, don't fix me. If you can just fix my, my, my problem, I'll be okay. But God's saying, but if I give you a million bucks, and you still don't know how to handle money, you're going to be in the right, they're going to be in the same state shape you were uh, five years ago. And, 
God fixed my marriage, but if I don't eradicate a lustful spirit out of you, you will never be able to save your marriage. So, so, so we want the facade God that changes the way things look, but when he starts messing around inside of us, we're like, God, come on now. You're going to have to hold off for one second because I did not expect this. So his voice, this is what it says. What we need to understand is right here in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, he's saying my voice is the initiation of the shaking. My voice, when you say, God, I want to hear you, I want to know you, he starts speaking and things start shaking. And you're like, what's going on? It's that you ask God to speak. And when he speaks, it demands change. But in that demand, when we hear the voice of God, right when we hear it, he gives us the grace. And I'm not talking about you hearing me, but you hearing him in your spirit. It's different. It's different when it gets inside of you. That's why when Isaiah prophesied that you worship me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. You, you, you can do it and you can play the part, but, but I want your heart. I don't care if you can jump for 30 minutes. And I don't care if you lay on the floor. I want your heart. And if your heart burns to lay before me, then that's what I want. And so that's what the Lord's saying, that if we don't start burning, if the fire of God doesn't fall in our lives, in churches today, then guess what happens? Guess what happens? 50 million more children will be aborted. 50 million more marriages will fall apart. 50 million more promises of God will never have its chance to be lived. And that's why I tell, I tell my wife, and we live this way, I'm like, I'm like, there's 50 million that's gone, and I will cry, and I will shout, and I will declare for the 50 million that has no voice. Because we're living this thing, and we're pretending like it's just not happening. Well, it's happening. There, there is, there is, ah, there's probably a drug house right down the street for all we know. And God is telling us not to be so fixed. This is what the Lord spoke to me the other day. He said, if you could get your eyes off the church and get your eyes off you, you could probably see people dying in front of you. Because I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, how do we visit the church, God? What are we going to do? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and I'm not talking about this church. The whole church, everybody, okay? Uh, just making sure you all have the idea of church universal, not. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> So, so we're, in, we're in a set place to where we're saying, how do we fix this? I don't like the way they do this. I don't like the way they do that. Well, that's, that's easy for you to figure out what you don't like. You can see it. It's right in front of you. But if we get our eyes off the church and stop trying to live for the church and live like the church and get our eyes on Christ, the one whose eyes burns, blazes like fire, then maybe we could see what he's trying to fix in the earth. It only takes seeing it from God revealing it to you to actually have the calling to change it, guys. I'm telling you, once it starts burning in you, he's giving you the grace to do something. Because I, I'm going to be honest, I don't burn for the things that JC and Jamie burn for. You know? God's placed them and called them to do things. I don't do it for Rick and Dava. You know? We just have different desires. And, different, and that's what God has called you to do. And if I run around trying to fix everything everybody else is doing wrong and not doing what God called me to do, guess what? I'm messing everybody up because I don't have the grace there. And so the fire of God is beckoning us to return to the altar. It's beckoning us. I'm telling you, God spoke to me and told me, he said, he said, the fire's not the issue. There's nothing on the altar. My fire's perfect. I don't have an issue. It's that, it's that people, people have it come to the altar and say, God, I'll give it all. We'll sing about it. I'll give it all. 
every bit of it, God. But he's saying, will you really give it all to where when I start moving and I start changing things, will we sit there and say, God, I'll hold on to the four corners of that altar and I will not let go until you change me. That's what Jacob said. I won't let go until you bless me. I won't let go. Dude, his, his hip got knocked out. He was hurt bad. He said, I will not let go until you bless me because he had found something different. And he birthed the generation. He come in contact with the fire of God. He come in contact with God and he says, I will not let go until you change me. God, I will not let go until you bless me. And so it happened. God said, I call you Israel. Does that blow your mind? That God didn't just change his name, but he said, I'm actually going to turn you into the nation that I promised Abraham. I love it, man. That that I believe that we are the Jacob generation. That we have went around and we've done drugs and we've had sex and we've been caught up in pornography and we've tried to wheel and deal and make it our own and do what we want. But then when we come in the face of God, he's saying, if you'll let me get you and change you, I'll change an entire generation to you. I believe that. Come on. Yes, God. Bless you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Okay, let's go. Uh, it says, verse 20, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Verse 29. For our God is a consuming fire. So I believe that what we're receiving is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. God does not shake in fear at what kings of this earth is doing and what the principality of the air is doing either. He doesn't shake. He laughs. He laughs. Because I'm in control. He wheels kings around like chess pieces, guys. He talked about, Paul talked about that blessing people in authority because God put them there. I'm going to be honest. If we, I'm going there, if we vote unrighteously, we put them in there. And God allows it because we have a perfect will and a permissive will. And so if we choose his permissive will, he's saying, I'll let you. It's not my plan, but I'll let you. And so we're sitting and saying, I don't like it anymore. I don't like this. I don't like that. Well, guess what, guys? We should run and vote and do what God's called us to do based on the righteous morals of the word. See, I'm, I'm not a 401 anymore. I can, I can talk about, uh, not a 401, but a 501c3. I can talk about politics all I want to. They won't take mine. <laughs> my nonprofit. But we are in a moment, really, that we're moving into election. And it's not just an election, but it's a shift for our nation. We're moving into one of the most important places of America we've known. Because I promise you, America in the next five years will not be the America that we've known. But God will be the same God forever and forever and forever. I promise you guys, the anointing's much stronger. I was like, Jesus, I love you, Lord. Because we need the anointing of God. We need the presence of God. Because if we don't have it, we're useless. If we don't have love, he told the church of Ephesians, be rooted and established in love. And then he said in 1 Corinthians, he said, you can prophesy and you can have all these awesome gifts, but if you have not love, they're useless. So what is the fire of God? It is from the very place of God's heart that brings a fiery love into a generation. So we, and I'm hurrying, guys. I don't know how much longer I got. I'm hurrying, guys. Okay, so this is what we see. Aaron and his sons were the first priests to attend to the fire of God. Okay? 
And in Psalms 133, we see that it says that the unity of brethren is like the anointing oil on Aaron's head that ran down his head, down his beard, down his garment. The oil got on his garment. They were anointed. Him and his sons were anointed to attend to the fire of God, which was supposed to burn forever. Okay? And what happened was the same garment that Aaron was anointed in was passed down to generation, to generation, to generation. So they were anointed, but it had Aaron's anointed on it. And so it passed down to every generation. So if we start burning today, Noah and my child and your child will have such an outpouring of the power of God because we passed down what we received. So guess what? It's not just your job to get set on fire. It's your job to teach your children how to stay on fire too. Because once you're gone, they have to tend the flame. They have to tend the fire. And I'm challenging you today to don't live for today. Don't live based on what your I'm just going to... My kids, they're little, they don't, they don't have to. Guys, I'm telling you, you teach your children while they're two and they're one. You pray over them and you prophesy over them. You speak to them. I'm telling you, we've got a prophecy over my boy right now. And I speak it over him while he's still in her womb because God's forming him. And even while God's forming him, I'm speaking the word of the Lord. Because my son's not going to have to deal with what I dealt with. That's a joy, guys. But if we'll get in the face of God, your children won't have to battle the giant you battled. Let's run like David. Man, he screwed up big. But he said, I won't quit. And he looked and said, God, take the kingdom from me. Take every, don't take your spirit. Don't take the fire of God from me. Because that's all that matters. So guys, we got to burn the fire of all, on, on the altar. A generational flame that burns. I believe it. You guys believe it? Believe it? I believe it. Ah, Jesus. The band can come up here real quick. Uh, I got two more hours? I could go for two more hours. Ah, dude, I could. Y'all think I'm crazy. (laughs) No, but we are in a season. We're in a moment. And we think that, well, well, God is everlasting. We'll we'll, we'll be able to do, you know, even if we kind of mess it. No, guys, there are moments that God says, here's what I have for you. And if you miss it, you miss it. Let me explain. He wept over Jerusalem. It says that Jesus looked and wept over Jerusalem because they had missed their moment. Jesus, the Son of God, was in their midst and they looked at Him and rejected Him. And I believe that one of the issues we have today is the spirit of rejection. And I know I only have like five minutes. I'm hurrying, guys. Don't worry. I'm not going to keep you. Too long. Not too long. But from the beginning in Genesis, from the beginning, God come into the cool of the day and commune with Adam and Eve, okay? Then they looked at God and said, I reject you, God. I want something else. So first, they rejected God. And from that initial rejection of God, man became a rejecter. It become his nature to reject everything he didn't understand, everything he didn't like. So what happens is, is in this generation, if we don't accept and empower this generation just because they're different and they're weird and they like to do things differently, then guess what? We are still living in the same sin that, was, that began this whole thing. And that's why we need a spirit of adoption. To adopt and to bring in with love. And the only way we're going to get that is the fire of God. This is the power of the Spirit of the Lord. Holy God, let's bow our heads. Holy God, holy God, we lift you up. We lift you up. We lift you up.
I bless your name, Jesus, the slain lamb. On the third day, you were resurrected.